0: Hi, it's Katie, and this is another episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast, and today we have Victoria Randall. Victoria has been setting up and helping other people, nurses and non-nurses, set up uh, CNA schools all over the country. Uh, Victoria, I'm very excited to have you on to talk about this, and I can almost not contain myself because I have so many questions, so welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Katie. fire away. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, the first, uh, I feel like the most obvious question is, how in the world did, did you get into this? Like, it would never occur to me to set up like a CNA school. So how did you get into it? You know, where did that that uh, come from? And, and then we'll get into how you did it because there's a lot here, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> okay. I started my career off in the medical field being a CNA. And I was a CNA for seven years before I became a nurse. And Becoming a CNA just changed my life tremendously uh, for the better, and I wanted to share that experience with others, you know, introducing them to the healthcare field and allowing them to explore the possibilities that the healthcare field brings, so I thought starting up a CNA school would be a great gateway to do that.
0: Okay, so you went from CNA school, and you were a CNA for seven years. How did you get to nursing school?
1: Um, Yeah, then I went on to become a registered nurse, and I was a registered nurse for about eight years before I became a family nurse practitioner. Um, I only became a registered nurse because all the nurses that I worked with really pushed me. They saw something in me that I definitely did not see in myself. Um, I kind of came from a background where education wasn't really at the forefront, and I kind of really even didn't have an idea how to go to college or any of that. So when they pushed me, I was like, I don't know. But Here I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it takes that one person to like (laughs) push you in a direction. Yes. And I
1: just took off running.
0: So what did you specialize as a nurse practitioner?
1: Uh, I'm family nurse practitioner, but I do urgent care. I've, I've been in urgent care since I landed my first job as a nurse practitioner.
0: So, you, CNA times seven years, an RNA for eight years, then a nurse practitioner. Um, how did you come back to the CNA school idea?
1: Again, I'm like, this is where it all started. Like, look at me now. And if I can share that with others and show them the potential, you know, I used to be in your shoes. I used to be a CNA, but here's where I am now. And the possibilities are endless, I thought I would love to share that with others. Not only that, but also my, main, my niche in my CNA school was working with underserved populations. Um, so, because that's where I was. And so I wanted to be able to give back to the community also. So not only did I start a CNA school, but I started a non-profit CNA school.
0: Oh, wow. How does that differ from like profit CNA schools?
1: Um, so in the for-profit world, there's a misconception. People think because you have a nonprofit, you're not making money. So, in the for profit world, you make money, and then any additional money left over, you get to do whatever you want to do with it. In the nonprofit world, you can still make money, but then when you have additional money left over, you must reinvest it back into the business. Whether that looks like hiring new staff, bringing in additional equipment, giving free tuition, however you choose or see fit. Um, You could utilize that money, but it has to go back into the business. You can't go giving everyone (laughs) funds. It seems like that's what you would
0: do in a for-profit business if you were smart anyway, like to reinvest it. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Uh, What is the advantage of being a a non-profit versus a a
1: profit, for-profit? I think for me, number one was the satisfaction of being able to give back to the community and give to individuals who need that boost. But um, one of the main benefits, I would say, is being able to offer more cost-effective tuition, especially to certain populations. So I was able to collaborate with stakeholders in the community to solicit funding to help subsidize. You know, I learned very quickly, you don't want to just go getting out free tuition. <laughs> That's a whole other story for another time. But you definitely want to make it as affordable as possible. And so that was a huge benefit um, for my school, considering my niche.
0: Okay. And who were these stakeholders? Like I mean, when you were started setting up this nonprofit, um when did it occur to you that you needed stakeholders and how did you even go about finding them? I, I
1: needed stakeholders before I even started. To see them. <laughs> um because I I'm I'm a community activist, period. So I was very, very and still am very involved in my community. So that's how I built relationships with stakeholders in the community, people who were making decisions, people like my commissioner or my House of Representatives, or uh, I mean, everyone, everyone that could make a decision or knew someone who could make a decision. I made sure that I knew their name, and not only did I know their name, but they knew mine. <laughs> um, and therefore, you know, when it was time for me to open my school, who wouldn't want something like that in their community? And, of course, they were very supportive. And if they didn't have the funding, they would steer me in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and there's a certain um, altruism, I guess, that goes along with being a nonprofit versus, like, I'm trying to make as much money as possible as a for-profit that stakeholders would maybe be more keen to give a nonprofit. Is that an accurate kind of, like, representation, or is that skewed?
1: accurate, but then everyone's looking for a write-off. So, you know, it's also a very good way for them to write money off and feel good about it.
0: Okay. So stakeholders that invest or find investors for you are able to then write that money off on their taxes or something along those lines.
1: So that gives them an additional incentive to want to uh, fund my that type of a business or help, you know, the cause, if you will. Okay.
0: So do you, um, when you're, teaching people how to set up CNA schools, do you encourage them to do nonprofit versus profit or do you, how do you work that?
1: Honest, I stay out of that. <laughs> I, allow, I allow people to choose their own niche. I do talk to them about choosing a niche. A lot of people think, oh, I'm starting a CNA school, that is my niche. Uh, no, it's not. You have to niche it or niche it down, whichever word you prefer, um, as far as possible. And so I've had clients who have niched it down to um, single parents, you know, so maybe they decided, well, what I'll do is I will add child care, a free child care program, quote unquote, um, for single parents. Or maybe I am, I'm going to focus on the Hispanic population. So I'm going to teach courses in Spanish. So, um, you know, you have to find out what your niche is. So that's why I said, I don't really get involved in, Profit versus nonprofit. I just uh, help them identify their niche.
0: That, I mean, that's something I never, it would never have occurred to me that there's a niche there. And that is absolutely, I love that. Like the, the single parent with free childcare or with teaching, if the course is in Spanish. I mean, talk about giving people an opportunity to succeed in something. I mean, that's, that's huge. What you're doing is amazing. <laughs> um, so, who are these people that want to open schools? Like what type of person would come to you?
1: To be honest, right now, it seems like I'm attracting mostly nurse if you will. So nurses who are looking to steer away from the bedside and, and utilize their knowledge and expertise in a business savvy way. So I find that that tends to be a lot of my clients. Now, I have had individuals who are not nurses at all because uh, quiet, or truth be told, I don't want it to be quiet, I want it to be the truth, is that you do not have to be a nurse to start a nurse day training program. And that is a misconception that a lot of people have. Uh, you definitely have to hire the right people, but anyone can own a CNA school. And I tell people all the time, I mean, I mean, think about your local junior college. Do you think there's a nurse running that entire college to place the CNA school inside of there? No. You know, anyone can. So. Um, So, yeah. Oh, that's a really good analogy,
0: too, yeah. Like, yeah, especially, like, your local university, too. Yeah, it's not really – sometimes, you know, it's coming, and I feel like nurses are coming in more and more leadership positions, which is really nice to see. But uh, uh, so in terms of, like, the CNA school itself, like, I mean, what would be the first steps that somebody would – even take? Like, I mean, how do they know that they even want to do CNA school? Like, is that something that you have to build awareness for it? And, you know, maybe nurses are burnt out and they're looking for something and they come across you, or are they seeking out CNA school people that help them set up
1: CNA schools? Not know that I exist. They do not know that I am a consultant. I have a company called the CNA Instructor Consultants, and we help you get CNA school started. People don't even know I exist. So usually people are searching the internet, trying to figure out how do I start a CNA school? How do I become a CNA instructor? And then they stumble upon me in that way. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I devoted to help um, CNA school start up. It's actually called The Secret Cocktail, And so most people find me via that method. Um, I don't try to raise awareness or try to convert people into wanting to do this because I understand and recognize that you're opening up an entire school. It's a brick and mortar school, you know, and so I'm definitely not in the business of trying to convert people into doing this. I'm kind of more here for the person who has already identified that this is something that they want to do and they know that they're going to do it regardless. I'm just here to ease the process for them. Yeah
0: and you know I saw I was on your your Facebook and I saw one of the pictures where the woman had opened up her CNA school and it it looked so impressive and you know I was so excited for her and and for both of you for for doing that um but what is like um what kind of like financial cost do, do you would people somebody need to open like a brick and mortar school
1: like that That's a huge question and I literally do a webinar on it once a week <laughs> <laughs> Because people always want to know, how much does it cost to start a CNA school? And I get the question inboxing me so much that I just devoted a a weekly webinar to it. But um, because the costs vary tremendously, Uh, they vary based upon, you know, your demographic location. Are you in California or are you in Ohio? Um, But then even further down, you know, are you in Inglewood or are you in Hollywood? Like, where are you at? because that's also going to determine the cost. Um, in terms of equipment, I mean, the equipment is pretty much the same no matter what state you're in. I mean, there's a few differences, but the overhead costs like uh, staff, how much would staff cost you? Uh, how much would your building cost you? How much is it per square foot, things like that. So to answer your question, um, I usually set and oh, the other thing is, how much time do you want to devote to this, right? (laughs) Are you okay with being like me? It took me two years to get my school started. So I literally did it with probably all of $3,000. Okay, Because I spent two years of my life trying to find all the resources free or cheap to do it. but, you know, if you don't have that time to devote or you're not very resourceful or whatever the situation may be, and you just want to pay for it and get it done, then it's probably going to be a little bit more for you. So I've seen it range, you know, typically from 5000 to even $20,000 for startup.
0: I didn't think that's relatively cheap, honestly, because I think people have this kind of misconception about business. First of all, it's going to take any business a year or two to get off the ground like that just straight out, you know, anybody that thinks they're going to set up a business in two weeks is crazy, but, um, you know, that outlay (laughs) of money, you know, between five and 20, uh, and maybe I've been in the marketing world too long, but that sounds like a really cheap startup, like, (laughs) that sounds like a really good deal to me, Um, and especially at that that. point, are you doing all the work at that price, because that's crazy too, (laughs) I might start a CNA school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, so that does not entail my cost by any means, um, and I offer different levels of assistance because I'll, I'll, I understand that I have clients that are in different levels of their startup, right? So you know whether you want to bring me on to consult just for certain forms, uh, maybe you need a contract for your nursing home, or maybe you need your student handbooks, policies and procedures written, things like that, I could help you with that. I even have online courses to walk students through that. Um, but let's say you kind of want want more handholding. So for the handholding, I have more of a mentorship group. And so with the mentorship group, we meet weekly for six months because I recognize that it does take a long time for you because I don't know if people know, but CNA schools are federally regulated. So anything that the federal government is involved in is not easy and it's going to take a while to do. So uh, because of that, my mentorship program is a six month long program where we meet virtually weekly to help them through the process so that's like a middle tier and then i have the highest tier which is complete project management which i'm actually out in virginia right now um, because i helped start a school out in virginia and um, i flew out here to help them actually get the site prepped for inspection they're out there their paperwork has already been approved but now we need to get the site approved so they brought me on for complete project management so i mean i'm doing Every, all the paperwork, all the curriculums, all operational forms, anything you can think of. I mean, other than the LLC, they've done that part on their own, but I pretty much have done everything. So I offer different tiers based upon my custom Okay. And
0: you, you did touch on a, a topic that I wanted to ask you about. So is the curriculum um, federally regulated or is that open to, I mean, what is actually federally regulated about a CNA school?
1: So in 1987, there was a law passed, uh, the OBRA Act, O-B-R-A, OBRA, and the OBRA Act was passed and basically it stated that not only CNAs, but the CNA programs needed some form of regulation. And there are certain regulations that the federal government put in place, but then they gave it to the state to decide how to implement that and add additional elements if they choose to. So literally each state has their own set of guidelines and regulations for the CNA program that are completely different from the one next to it. For instance, in California, in order to become a CNA, you have to go through 160 hours of training. However, in Tennessee, you only have to do the federal requirement, which is 75 hours. So um, the federal government regulates just the bare minimum and then the state gets to add on and do whatever they want it. But to your point, in terms of the curriculum, the federal government says, okay, you can do whatever you want with the curriculum, teach it however you want, as long as the very first 16 hours are um, focusing in on these specific topics. And those specific topics are usually around resident rights. Um, They're around uh, infection prevention, of course, right? Things like that to protect, things that would be needed to protect the resident. Everything else that person can write the curriculum how they want, or the state mandates that you have to teach it a certain way, it depends on the state. Okay, so
0: because um, these are federally regulated, there aren't actually nursing assistants that are out there that are not certified, right? Like everybody's gotta be certified, is that accurate to say?
1: In order to work in a nursing home, you must become a CNA. Now you can work in an assisted living home and not be a CNA. You can go through non-traditional training, but in order to actually work in a, hospital, in a, sorry, a nursing home facility, you must go through CNA training. Okay.
0: And so what are some of like, the biggest challenges that you find that your business owners, once they've decided, okay, I'm gonna open a CNA school, uh, Victoria makes it look so easy, so you know, I think this is a great thing. Um, do they have, what are the kind of the biggest challenges at that point after they've committed to doing it and working with you for them to get it off the ground and started?
1: If they're working with me, um, or if they're working by themselves.
0: Um, if they're working, well, that you see that they have. So I I can't imagine anybody would want to do this by themselves. I mean, you must've been crazy doing this by yourself, but, um, so if they're working with you, what do you see as their biggest challenge uh, to get it up and running?
1: Uh, the number one challenge people have is understanding what it really takes to calculate tuition. Um, they kind of say, oh, okay, the school next over here is charging this, the school over there is charging that, so I'll, you know, I'll ballpark ball it in the middle. And that's a huge no-no. You want to really look at what your overhead costs are going to be you as an individual, and then determine your tuition off of that um, so that you can come out even, or as we all want to do, come out on top. People have a hard time grasping that concept. So um, I even have a webinar that I do for that, but that's only specific to my clients because that is a very in-depth, like you've got to already make the commitment, right? Because we're literally pricing out everything and then going into uh, what your tuition, so that's number one. Uh, The second thing is location. A lot of people have a hard time trying to identify the best locations to put their schools. So um, I do offer resources like teaching them how they can utilize online free resources that we all have access to that we just aren't nosy enough to use. Like uh, the, US, the U.S. Census Bureau, right? The U.S. Census Bureau, that information is there for any and everyone. You can go and find out in your zip code, you know, how many people have a college education, how many people graduated high school. Um, how much people make, you can learn everything. So um, you can utilize a lot of that information to help you determine and pinpoint where you want to place your school. So um, location, tuition, and the last would be marketing. I was just gonna ask you about that
0: too, because about attracting students and how they get them in.
1: Yep, the last one would be marketing. Once we get past everything, and then it's time to open the door, They're like, "Uh." you know, they're they're (laughs) yelling students. (laughs) Yeah, they're like yelling and shouting in this one Facebook room that they have a school to a room full of nurses, and I'm like, that's not how you get students. So, um, so, you know, I mean, you might get one referral every six months off of that, but. And we don't even know if that referral is going to convert. So we've got to, um, I, I like to try to help nurses understand how to incorporate marketing and be thinking about that early on. So people who are in my mentorship program, we definitely cover that and talk about that because that's huge. Like you need to be thinking about that when you're building your website, um, with thinking about keywords to integrate. You need to think about what kind of budget you want to put towards that. Um, what different avenues do you want to... Send, you know, get traffic, like all types of things. So I really, I really try to help people understand that. I'm finding that nurses, there's a huge deficiency for us in terms of understanding how to market our business. And that's probably the hugest hurdle. Like the other hurdles we've talked about are just getting there. But then when the doors are open, that's the hugest.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I think that's true for any business. I, I think marketing is the least understood. And I've, I've literally had people tell me that they were going to spend all this money to learn how to do something, and then they're going to read a book on marketing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's just crazy talk. Because um, marketing is something that you do. I mean, that marketing was something that you did before you even started thinking about starting a a CNA school, because I I really, truly believe that the most successful people in business are the ones that are community activists, are the ones that are connected. Uh, I mean, how else are you going to, that is marketing. That that was you selling yourself as an authority and and being credible and and dependable and trustworthy. And if you don't have that, uh, no funnel in the world is going to help you uh, to attract people into your business um so all right um i just have to say that this is absolutely incredible what you're doing is awesome it's really incredible there's no way i would start a cna school without you (laughs) i think anybody who tries this on their own and try and reinvent the wheel is is crazy because you have put so much time work and effort into this and um yeah there, there's no way I would try and reinvent this wheel because clearly there's a lot to it um, And at the same time, it seems like such a great business model So how many more of these CNA schools do, do you see coming out like is this a, a Saturated market is it a market that's wide open or where is it?
1: Let me say It's a market of wide open uh, For two reasons maybe even three uh, reason number one would be a lot of a lot of the junior colleges are dabbing into it, you know, thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll, we'll add a nurse aid training program, but the cost for the students who attend are astronomical. I mean, hmm. it's just, it's out of this world. So I have some people who may say, well, I'm thinking about starting a CNA school, but I'm in an area where there's two, you know, community colleges that already offer it. I say, who cares? You are an individual coming into this, you will have a school that is gonna provide more, um, more guidance than that community college could ever provide to those students. So you, you have to look at it that way. Um, so that's, that's one thing that, you know, there's not a lot of people making their own CNA schools. They're more kind of like um, these schools that are popping up underneath the umbrellas of these larger institutions. Um, so anyway, so that's number one, but number two, CNAs are in huge demand, and um, coming up here, I think it, the statistic is by 2026, uh, the need for CNAs are going to increase by 14%, which is huge, because the average for most careers, the increase is only from five to seven percent. So we're doubling that, and as a matter of fact, it's one of the largest needs out of any career, um, you know, especially the healthcare field as we know that period. So that's number two. Number three is baby boomers are aging, and millennials need jobs. (laughs) So, uh, and as a matter of fact, millennials have now surpassed baby boomers in the amount. Um, I think it's, what, 74.5 baby boomers, 74.5 million, but now there's 74.9 million millennials.
0: You're kidding. I didn't know that. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the millennials are, they weren't neck and neck, but the millennials have now surpassed baby boomers and I'm saying that to say that the populace, these are two of the largest populations our um, world has ever seen. One needs care, the other needs jobs. <laughs> and you're providing
0: this amazing opportunity for them. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have uh, students that open multiple schools?
1: Currently, no. Uh, I have people who have already have Schools that are doing other things other than CNA, like maybe they're doing a uh, phlebotomy or they have a CPR training school, things like that. And they just want to add on the CNA program, which is awesome because the more offerings you have in your allied, allied healthcare program, the better, the more income you're gonna make. Okay. I would love to work with someone who's doing a chain. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so if anybody's out there that's looking to do a chain of schools you need to call Victoria Stett. Um, okay so tell us how we can contact you I know there's somebody that's dying to know your um, your information so they can call you and start their CNA school. How, how do we get in touch with you?
1: Oh so, um, again we're the CNA instructor consultant but a lot of the social media has been tagged as the secret cocktail and it's literally the way it sounds, the secret cocktail, um, because I'm providing you a secret and there's lots of ingredients to get you to your desired place and help you get over all this anxiety and grief, right. Of getting this CNA pull open. so it's a secret cocktail. Like we give our patients, um, right. so I'm, co- I'm a secret cocktail on, um, Facebook on Instagram and on YouTube.
0: Okay, and I'll so, there's links that people can just click and go.
1: Yeah, and then of course you can always email me, uh, info at thesecretcottail.com, and that's the website too, thesecretcottail.com. The website has a wealth of information. We have a blog there that has great information, and you can always schedule a call with me if you'd like, um, right there on the homepage of the website.
0: All right, um, Victoria, thank you so much for this. This is amazing, uh, again, What you're doing is is just so wonderful, and I can't wait to just share this with everybody and and hopefully see more CNA schools popping up.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Katie. I really appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Sure.